Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, world. This is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Birdsong Radio. So glad to be back here with you. As you know, my show is developed to, to inform you and entertain you. I try to talk about news of the week as well as tell you some of my dumb criminal law stories and give you some insights and opinions on the news from me. Today there's a lot of breaking news. I'm not going to try to even summarize it all. I mean, the biggest thing that happened uh, is that on Tuesday the 8th of May, President Trump pulled out of the United pulled the United States out of the Iran nuclear deal and says that he will reinstate punishing on a punishing array of US economic sanctions on Tehran that were lifted under the landmark 2015 accord. What was that accord? It's called the JCPOA, actually that stands for the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. Six countries and Iran agreed 2015, that uh, for certain concessions, the Iranians would not build an atomic bomb or try to build an atomic bomb, and they would allow uh, international inspectors from the uh, Atomic Energy Commission or the International Atomic Energy Commission to come in and monitor what Tehran or Iran rather was doing. Now, again, President Trump, before he was president, when he was when he was a candidate, he made a promise, a campaign promise that he was going to end the JCPOA, that is the Iran deal, and he did that on the eighth. President said that uh, it, it was a terrible, terrible agreement, and it was horribly one-sided that should have never been made. Now, what was wrong with it? Well, among other things. Iran got $4 billion that had been invested in the, in the United States and gained interest over the 30 years after Iran took our dap- diplomats captive in 1979. They were released in 1981 after 440-some days of um, imprisonment. However, this is not a treaty. To be really binding on all countries, Congress, our Congress, has to ratify it. Congress did not go along with this. The countries involved, of course, are the United States, United Kingdom, France, Germany, the uh, Chinese, and uh, Russia. These are the members of the Council for the UN. The UN gave it its sanctions, and as a treaty, it can be ended unilaterally. I don't think it's a good thing. Why? It makes the United States look bad. We don't keep our promises. It throws our allies under the bus. As a matter of fact, problem of all of this is that Trump says he wants to impose the highest level of economic sanctions on Iran, and countries or companies that continue to invest or do business there could risk violating U.S. sanctions, with, with ha- which has 
vast political and economic repercussions. The decision could also isolate the United States among its largest European allies. As you know, we had the Chancellor of Germany come to the United States to try to talk the Trump administration out of not doing this deal. We had uh, the French President Macron. He came to the United States. The uh, Foreign Minister from United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, came over. None of them could sway Trump away from getting out of the Iran deal, which they think was a bad deal. Problem is, is that I think that it was a good deal or the best deal that could be gotten under the circumstances. Congress of the United States didn't want to ratify anything that Obama came up with. Obama wanted to have peace with people in the Mideast. There were many, many negotiations about this, and a plan was followed. Now, the inspectors have found no violations of this, but Trump says he wants out. Some Democrats and many Republicans think this was a good thing. Some Democrats certainly, and a few Republicans think it was a bad thing to get out of the deal, particularly since we are going to be negotiating with North Korea very soon. North Korea could say, why should we trust the United States to keep their promises? What North Korea wants is a promise that we won't invade them. We won't try for regime change in North Korea. On Speaking of North Korea, as I speak, three hostages, I won't call them hostages, three people, three Americans who were imprisoned in North Korea for several years, one of them since 2014 and two of them since 2017, are on their way to the United States. The new Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, went to North Korea a couple of days ago, and he is bringing these prisoners back. They're free. Jim Con, the leader of North Korea, has let them go. So, again, we're out of the joint, we're out of the joint comprehensive plan of action with Iran. The Iran deal is over. Just like Mr. Trump took us out of the Paris Accords on climate change. So we will see what happens from there. However, I think breaking our promises is never a good thing. And what many, many people think, this will end with a war with Iran. It seems as if Israel and Saudi Arabia are anxious to go to war to try to end the hegemony that Iran is sowing all over the Muslim world. The United States is an ally. Uh, the United States is an ally of Israel, and would probably take part in such a war. I hope that does not come to pass. There's also news about lawyering. You may have heard that Donald Trump a couple of weeks ago, our president, got himself a new attack dog in the name of by the name of Julie. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Giuliani was a, is a lawyer and was supposed to help Trump out of the mess of the Stormy Daniels hush money problem. Mr. Trump wanted him to go on TV and be an attack dog for him. And Mr. Giuliani did go on TV, but he 
showed himself to be more of a shaggy dog than an attack dog because he's confused everything. He has uh, said things that are not true according to Donald Trump. He has muddied the waters. And maybe that has been his plan all along. He's following Trump's playbook about confusing, distracting, provoking factors and facts until we don't know what's real and what's not real. Giuliani is doing more obfuscating. One day he says one thing, the next day President Trump says, no, that's not true. The next day Mr. Giuliani will say that um, certain things happened, but I haven't read all the facts, but this is my fact I'm giving you. But then he had to back that back off of that and say, well, it was only a rumor. But it could become a fact. In essence, with this Stormy Daniels thing, we're supposed to believe that President Trump paid his personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, $35,000 a month to reimburse him for, hunch, for hush money to Stormy Daniels, at least initially, but he knew nothing about it. So the money went to a woman Trump barely knew. He can't claim he never met her since there's a photograph of them together. Says there was no affair. And Julie Ani said there may be other women who has been paid. Of course, the president does not want to say that is true. Now, many of the pundits and even I have to agree in terms of legal skills. It's clear that Giuliani is not the lawyer he used to be when he was the head prosecutor of the Southern District of Manhattan in the 1980s. He helped to bust up the mafia. He got a lot of convictions. However, he doesn't seem to know the law. He's made some misstatements that I think are really bad. One is that if Mueller, the special counsel, issues a subpoena to him, Mr. Giuliani on TV says the president can ignore this. He can ignore a subpoena. Well, the law is not on his side because there are a number of cases starting in 1807 when Thomas Jefferson was president that says that anyone, even someone in Congress or in the uh, president, must honor a subpoena and present evidence if subpoenaed. In 1972, it was, or 73, it was the Supreme Court that said Richard Nixon had to, had to uh, comply with a subpoena to give up the tapes that he had secretly recorded about Watergate in the White House. And then in the late 90s, 1997, it was a case of Paula Jones versus Clinton. The special counsel there or Ken Starr, who was the Watergate, or Whitewater, rather, prosecutor, subpoenaed him to talk to the grand jury. Trump did not want to, I'm sorry, Clinton did not want to go before the grand jury, but they worked out a settlement where he testified by videotape to the grand jury. He was not above the law. I don't think what Giuliani says about not honoring a subpoena is going to work. I think it will not work. I think Mr. Giuliani has done President Trump disservice, 
spreading half-truths, rumors, and trying to be an attack dog, but coming off looking more like an old shaggy dog. We'll see how it all ends. It may not end well. This is Birdsong. There are more things to talk about. Was he, was Giuliani the worst lawyer in the world? Yes, I think so. I'll get off this tip by just saying that when we look at evidence in the law, usually hearsay can't be used at trial or can't be used in depositions. But there is what's called not an exception to the hearsay rule, but something that's come down through the ages that says certain things people say outside of court do not invoke the hearsay rule. They are called admissions. An admission is when a person says something, whether it's true or false, and that person has some legal liability brought against them, the statement can be used against them. It can't be used by the defendant itself, but it can be brought in by a party opponent, such as the government of the United States or a state. The state, a statement is offered against a party would be an admission. If it's the party's own statement in either an individual or a representative capacity or a statement of which the party has manifested an adoption or belief in truth or a statement by a person authorized by the party to make statements concerning the subject. Mr. Giuliani, a lawyer, was a person who was authorized by the party, the president, to make statements concerning the subjects. Those admissions are legal. They could come in in any trial or any impeachment, or you could put it in any kind of proposal. It would not be hearsay. And I don't think that Giuliani remembers his evidence law. That's a bad thing. Now, talking about the news of last week, one of the ones that struck me the worst is that the Attorney General announced on Monday there's going to be a change to the immigration law having to do with non-citizens coming into the United States without inspection, that is, coming across the border, smuggling other people, or even bringing their children across the border from Mexico to the United States, will allow the parents to be arrested for a crime, up until now, crossing the border is not a crime. It's an administrative matter handled by the immigration courts. It's not a criminal sanction. However, this new plan would charge people who smuggle people across the United States with a felony crime and separate the children from the parents. Now, this is the law they're proposing. I don't think that Congress is going to go along with this. Somehow, we don't want to prove to the world that we are so unloving that we would separate children from their parents. I don't think this is going to fly in Congress. I certainly hope it doesn't work. This is Birdsong. You've heard some of my commentary and thoughts. There will be a few more when we come back after this break. Stay with us. More to come.
Hi, Bergson, back with you. I've been giving you my commentary and some opinions on things in the news this past week. One of the best things that's happening is that three American prisoners who have been held in a North Korean prison have been freed, and they're on their way home as I speak. The new Secretary of State, Michael Pompeo, is bringing them back to the United States. In the last segment, I talked a little bit about Julie Rudy Giuliani, I'll get his name right sooner or later. Rudy Giuliani has been a lawyer for a long time, but he seems to be missing a step or two. Some of the things he's saying in defense of Donald Trump don't comply with the law and maybe are good from an attack dog's perspective, but he sounds like a shaggy dog. He doesn't sound like he knows what he's doing. There is talk now that President Trump is going to take him off of television and stop trotting out, trotting him out there to the public. And uh, he may not even last. President Trump might fire Rudy Giuliani. Why? Well, there are a number of reasons that people have come up with. It seems as if he's overconfident about his standing with the president. He's giving facts but he indicates he hasn't read all the documentation that should have been read. He's also acting like a principal. He acts like he's running the show instead of being a staffer or the hired gun to come in and be the mouthpiece. Many people say he's embarrassing the president. It's hard to embarrass Donald Trump, but I think I have to agree with that. Giuliani is making misstatements about what's happened, about money, paid Stormy Daniels, when it was paid, why it was paid, these kinds of things. Also, Mr. Giuliani is not making many friends in the White House and with some Congress people. They say he keeps going outside of his lane. He's doing more. He wants to talk about foreign policy. He said things about the North Korean prisoners saying they were going to be released on days when they weren't released. Also, and finally, he's been making predictions about Mueller's investigation, but we all know that Rudy Giuliani, nor President Trump, nor myself, really know what's going on with that investigation because these investigators keep their mouths shut. And Birdsong has the same advice for Rudy Giuliani. He should keep his mouth shut and so should President Trump and stop saying things about this investigation because I've been in enough investigations with the federal government to know that we keep things secret and we know more than you think we know. All right, we've been talking about news of the week. I told you about the United States pulling out from the joint comprehensive plan of action with North Korea, that is the Iran deal and that I told you a little bit about Rudy Giuliani and what he's doing for the president or to the president. And I've talked about the change in immigration law that's coming up. What I haven't told you about is that even though North Korea seems to be working in good faith and wants to have a detente with the United States, North Korea is saying that Trump's policy claiming that his pressure and sanctions have worked for them is misleading. With just weeks to go before Donald Trump 
and North Korea meet and hold their first summit. North Korea criticized what is called me misleading, misleading claims that Trump, the Trump's policy of political pressure and sanction are what drove the North to the negotiating table. North Korea officials say that uh, you should be warned that these claims are dangerous and may ruin our budding detente. Now, at the summit, Kim is probably going to agree to a number of things that will improve North-South ties, may even end the Korean War that has been going on now without a true peace settlement for 60-some years. I don't know that Mr. Trump pulling out of the Iran deal, that is the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action on Iran, will deter Kim Jong-un Kim Jong-un, from having this, this summit conference. However, it's not so much of what Mr. Trump has done. It appears that with China and South Korea and Japan, North Korea wants to come into the world and be recognized. His meeting with Trump will put him on the world stage. He doesn't want to blow that. He also probably wants to make his country more prosperous. Maybe he will denuclearize for that. This is Birdsong. Stick with us. We'll come back with some entertainment, with some dumb criminal law stories, and some riddles. I think you like those things. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. This is Bird, so I'm glad you're sticking with me. We've talked about some of the news of last week. Some of it good, some of it bad. I do not think we should have pulled out of the Iran deal. We threw our allies under the bus. Ah, there's no plan B. We don't know what's going to happen. But let's now do some things that are lighter. Let's listen to some dumb criminal law stories that I collected last year. You know, I write these stories and find them from all over the world in newspapers and on wire services. People send me some stories because they know I like them. I re-edit them my way and give them a headline. These stories come from April of 2017. The first story today is from Australia. The headline, Wrong Liquid Lunch. An Australian girl had quite a surprise in her lunchbox in the last week in the last week of March last year when she accidentally put a Smirnoff frozen beverage inside instead of a juice box. Her mother wrote, "Epic lunchbox fail." Her mother wrote this on Facebook and said, "When you tell your 5-year-old to put a frozen juice pouch in her lunchbox and you forget about the other pouches that were in the freezer, it's an epidemic lunchbox fail. 
Now, what we don't know, and I hope did not happen, that the little five-year-old drank the Smirnoff frozen beverage in her lunchbox. (laughs) I guess she realized she shouldn't do that. (laughs) Story from California. The headline. Could mermaids exist in landlocked community, says the headline. Could mermaids exist in a landlocked community? A woman identified herself as a mermaid named Joanna after she was discovered walking mostly naked along a dark road at 3.15 in the morning. The woman was wearing only a black sports bra and had wet hair and real webbed toes. This is when police, that's how police found her and took her to a hospital. We learned further that she was discovered in Friant, California, which is an inland landlocked town. But she says she was a mermaid. <laughs> she had webbed feet. Another headline from California from last year. The headline is Tax Liquor, Not Ladies and Babies. Lawmakers in this large state went, or nope. Lawmakers in this large state want to end sales taxes on diapers and tampons and make up for the shortfall by boosting hard liquor sales. And make up for the shortfall by boosting hard liquor taxes. We should be putting babies before booze, said Assemblywoman Lauren Fletcher at a press conference where she and other politicians carry their own Toddlers with them. Florida. The headline. The Return of Shoeless Joe. A man who allegedly broke into a Brevard County home in Florida was arrested after he left one of his shoes at the scene of the crime, according to the police. Joseph Knight, who's 27, or who was 27, allegedly stole guns, a PlayStation, a projector, a wall safe, and $300 in cash but left one of his shoes in the getaway car, caught on video surveillance. The Toyota Corolla was owned by Knight's mother's boyfriend, who identified Knight in the video to the police for the crime. (laughs) The return of Shoeless Joe. (laughs) Here's another story from Florida, the headline, Bad House Guest. A friend visiting the home of a retired deputy sheriff swiped an old uniform and tried to persuade pharmacy workers to give him drugs, according to a police report. It appears that Johnny Wilson dressed up in the green uniform and gesturing to his badge allegedly demanded pain pills from a Pensacola pharmacist. When she refused, he snatched a pair of pants and a soda and ran from the store without paying. <laughs> I, I didn't know pharmacy sold pants. <laughs> All right, another one from Florida. Headline, did she believe she was an evil stepmother? A Michigan woman choked a teenage girl for blocking her view of the fireworks at Disney World. Tabitha Mature, 41 of New Baltimore, Maryland, allegedly flipped out and grabbed the girl by her throat as the victim stood in front of her at Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, said the police. Miss Mature was arrested and booked on charges of felony child abuse. Boy, she really wanted to see those fireworks, didn't she? (laughs) Here's another one from Florida, the headline. From the Wassel, here's the headline. 
from the Waffle House to the Big House. A Florida teacher was arrested after having her boyfriend's 14-year-old son drive her to the Waffle House restaurant because she was drunk. Tara Virgin, 32, told police she had five beers before she started craving breakfast food. Officers had pulled the car over to find the team behind the wheel and Miss Virgin in the passenger seat with an open beer can in her lap. <laughs> Boy, there are so many dumb people out there. Here's a story from Illinois, the headline. Who was the jackass in this story? A man posted a video of himself sucker-punching a donkey in the face. <laughs> He's now facing charges for animal cruelty. Police received a tip about the video that was posted on Twitter, which shows Lucas Dietrich, 18, slugging the animal below the right ear at a Willoughby Town farm in Illinois. To this I ask, who was the jackass in this story? <laughs> Here's a strange one from India. The headline read, you kill the beef, you're in the stew. The punishment for slaying a cow in one region of Indiana is now roughly equivalent to murdering someone for murder in the United States. A new law in the Gujarat Fijit a new law in the Gujarat region of India makes the slaughter of bovines punishable by life in prison. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't slay any bovines when you go to India. South Dakota. Out of gas, out of luck, says the headline. A man who stole a police cruiser was caught after the car ran out of gas, officials report. The man originally called for help on Highway 281 near Tular, South Dakota, contending his car had run out of gas. He acted erratically when a Spink County deputy arrived before stealing the officer's car. The man was arrested when the cruiser ran out of gas after 140 miles. Big state, I guess. <laughs> out of gas, out of luck. couple of more stories. This one comes from Kentucky. The headline, Only One Leg to Stand On? We learned that a woman was exonerated after serving six years in prison for a murder <clears throat> she didn't commit. She has also been given the right to sue the police who framed her. Her name, Susan King. Susan King can now sue the police for their alleged lies and omissions, an appeal court ruled. The police detective's account of her dragging Kyle Breeden from her home and dumping his body over a bridge she claims could not have been done in this story was undermined by one key fact that Miss King wanted to bring out on appeal. Miss King has just one leg. Her conviction was vacated after a serial kill her conviction was vacated after a serial killer confessed to the murder. Only one leg to stand on. <laughs> Final story for this week comes from Texas. Headline It can only happen in Texas. A man was caught on video riding a horse through a Walmart in Houston. This is one recent, this is one weekend in April last year. The Sunday evening incident 
ended with a lot of stunned looks from shoppers and a horse relieving himself before exiting the store. <laughs> it could only happen in Texas, folks. <laughs> Those are your dumb criminal law stories for this week. I'll have more for you on our next show. Right now, let me give you three riddles, see if you can solve them before I give you the answers at the end of the show. First riddle. This is easy. What do you call a puppy stuck outside in the rain? What do you call a puppy stuck outside in the rain? Think about it. It's not that hard. Second riddle. What is gray and goes round and round? What is gray and goes round and round? Think about it. Here's the last one. You can lead a horse to water. L-E-A-D. You can lead a horse to water. But what about a pencil? You can L-E-A-D, lead a horse to water. But what about a pencil? I'll come back with the answers to these three riddles when we return. Stick with us. There's more. There's a Paul Harvey store. There's a Paul Harvey story coming up for you. And I think you're going to like it. This is Birdsong. Thanks for listening. Birdsong back with you. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. We've talked some current events, given you some dumb criminal law stories and three riddles to think about. They're not that hard. But here's a story from Paul Harvey. He read it some years ago. The story was actually written by his son, Paul Arant. And uh, I read these stories because Paul Harvey was a great broadcaster, great voice. A lot of people loved him in the stories. Teach us something. This story is titled, The Nothing Something. Captain Hanson Gregory was in command of his own vessel at the age of 19. He was one of the youngest sea captains ever to sail from the coast of Maine. For saving the lives of an entire shipwrecked Spanish crew, Captain Gregory still, 19, was decorated by Spain's Queen Isabella. But that's not why Hanson Gregory is remembered. We know him because he invented absolutely nothing. Confusing? Not after the rest of the story. Two decades after the death of Captain Hanson Gregory, a furious debate sponsored by a national organization was held at New York's Astor Hotel. It was late in November 1941. The judges were Clifton Fadiman, Franklin P. Adams, Elsa Maxwell. The leaders of the opposing sign were, the opposing sides were Fred E. Crockett of Camden, Maine, and attorney Henry A. Ellis of Cape Cod, Massachusetts. The heated discussion revolved around whether Captain Gregory had indeed 
invented nothing. Lawyer Ellis maintained he had not. Lawyer Henry Ellis claimed that it was, in fact, an American Indian from Yarmouth who invented nothing during the 17th century. Despite Mr. Ellis's splendid courtroom tactics, there were many inherent weaknesses in his case. Among them, the difficulty to prove anything three centuries past. On the other hand, Mr. Crockett, seeking to prove that Captain Hanson Gregory had invented nothing in 1847, presented for examination an array of affidavits, letters, and other documents. In the course of the debate, the story of Hanson Gregory's life unfolded. Hanson was born in Clam Cove, Maine, in a charming colonial home overlooking Penobscot Bay. At 19, Hanson did assume the command of his own ship, which made him one of the youngest sea captains ever to sail from the coast, from the coast of Maine. In that same year, he became an internationally acclaimed hero. Apparently, he had rescued a crew of Spanish sailors from a sinking ship, and his daring on that occasion merited a medal of bravery. Start over. Apparently, he had rescued a crew. Apparently, he had rescued a crew of Spanish sailors from a sinking ship, and his daring on that occasion merited a medal of bravery, personally awarded by Queen Isabella. Yet it was not for his bravery that Captain Gregory was discussed in 1941. It was for an invention which compromised nothing more than thin air. Debater Fred Crockett attempting to enter debater Fred Crockett attempting to ascertain the circumstances of this invision. Nope. Debater Fred Crockett attempting to ascertain the circumstances of this invention acknowledged the blurring of much folklore with the truth. Hanson Gregory had not, as some said, invented nothing by accident during a storm at sea. He had invented it on purpose as a boy of 15 in his mother's kitchen. Mr. Crockett's evidence was sufficiently persuasive to win a unanimous decision from the debate judges. Today, many years later, the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., confirms that nothing was invented just the way Fred E. Crockett said it was. Each year in the United States alone, the business which began on a little New England stove grosses an estimated $750 million dollars. It all started when Hanson Gregory, who noticed that his mother's fried cakes were soggy at the centers, he decided to do something. The youngster picked up a fork and poked it through the middle of one of the cakes and invented the something which forevermore would comprise absolutely nothing. The hole in the donut. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Cute, wasn't it? All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's now go to the riddles. See if you figured them out. The first riddle. What do you call a puppy stuck outside in the rain? What do you call a puppy stuck outside in the rain? 
Well, if you guessed a soggy doggy, you'd be right. <laughs> a soggy doggy. So the second riddle, what, what's gray and goes round and round? What's gray and goes round and round? Well, the answer is an elephant in a washing machine. <laughs> All right, the last riddle. You can lead a horse to water. You can L-E-A-D a horse to water. But what about a pencil? What's the answer to this riddle? Can you, you can lead a horse to water, L-E-A-D, but what can you do with a pencil? Well, a pencil must be lead, L-E-A-D. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, L-E-A-D, but a pencil must be lead, L-E-A-D. This is Birdsong. I like, hope you like those riddles. I'll be back with you hopefully next week. Let me leave you with uh, a thought for the day. Leaders, whether in the family, in business, in government, or in education, must not allow themselves to mistake intentions for accomplishments. This is Birdsong. It's been a pleasure being with you. Hope you learned something and maybe got a couple of laughs today. Hope to talk to you next week.